Good morning. Who's excited to be in church today? Come on, let's give it up for Jesus one time. We love you, Lord. Oh, it's great to be with you, Better Life Church. I want to welcome those of you joining us online at the Ashland campus. If you're here maybe for the first time or the first time in a long time, it's great to have you here today. I'm so excited to be here, so excited to see what God is doing in this church and in this community. You heard a little bit about me uh, there from Pastor Daniel. Uh, come on, can we just give it up one time? Don't you love your pastor? Come on, can we just love on him and all your pastors here? Wow, they just do a tremendous job, and uh, I'm so excited for what God is doing. Just a little bit about me, you heard about me. I'm originally from uh, down in the mountains of eastern Kentucky. Uh, I tell people I'm from Hazard, but I'm not really from Hazard. That's just the closest place to Sassafras, Kentucky, where I'm from. Come on, shout out to Sassafras. Come on, come on, shout out. Right there on the Knott Perry line, that's where I grew up, and that's my hometown, but I actually, uh, uh, actually gave my life to the Lord when I was nine years old, I was baptized at nine years old, little Baptist church down there, Smithboro Baptist, grew up there in church, but uh, came to Moorhead, and uh, actually graduated here, class of 95, come on, woo, woo, Moorhead, I'm an eagle, y'all, and uh, in my adult life, though, a lot of my issues started to come out, and actually, I drifted away from the Lord for a season of my life, was not living God's best in my life, and uh, like the story of the prodigal son, God had to kind of call me to come back home, and I rededicated my life in 1998, and I just started serving in my local church. I just, I was there every time the doors were open. I joined the worship team, and I was in uh, Sunday school, and I just did everything, men's breakfast, you name it. I just was at everything they had, and that was all I knew was to go all in, and I just began serving and just giving all that I had to God, giving my entire life, and then 1999, just one year later, one of the greatest things that's ever happened to me, I married my soulmate, my best friend, my wife, Lexi. Now we have two beautiful kids. I think they have a picture maybe they could throw up there of my, my beautiful family. Uh, Y'all see them up there on the screen? Man, I am one blessed man. The first lady is here with me today. <laughs> and uh, I'm just blessed. I'm so blessed. And now, like... You uh, heard Pastor Daniel say we, we moved to South Carolina. God began just dealing with me over the years. You know, he was preparing me. I worked in the corporate world, but I was serving in my church. God all that time was working in my heart, preparing me for ministry. And when I heard the call, I heard him say, I'm giving you a father's heart. And I knew for me that meant I had to go. And he said, I'm, I want you to move to Charleston, South Carolina. And so we moved down there, did not know a soul, did not know anybody in the area, sold everything, moved down there in 2013, 2014. We planted Riverland Church. The first Sunday, we had 284 people come, 19 people gave their life to Jesus, and it was a miracle because six months earlier, we landed there not knowing a soul. And, uh, the ch and a new church was planted and Riverland Church was born, and just this past year, God began to deal with me that it was time for a succession plan, so we just named a new pastor this year around Easter. I serve as one of the overseers there now. They're doing great, they're doing fantastic. I just was back there speaking not too long ago, and God, the whole time, God, the whole time through all of that was preparing me for a call. It was preparing me. 
And in life, how many of you know if you've lived, if you're an adult, you know, and you're maybe in your 30s or 40s or older than that, how many of you know a lot has changed in the last few years, right? How we, how we watch TV has changed, how we get our media, how we do all that, everything has, has changed so much in the last few years. And, and even how we access our information, how we, how we get everything, it's, it's right here, how we communicate. Even though the telephone was actually invented 150 years ago, roughly, this year, 2023, was the 50th anniversary. Did you, I don't know if some of y'all know this, but this year, 2023, in April, was the 50th anniversary of the first ever cell phone call. The first cell phone call was placed 50 years ago today. Now, just to give you a little bit of history how we got here for some of you maybe in your 20s, that, that some of the, just a quick history lesson of the telephone. Maybe uh, some of you are, are older, old enough to remember when you got your first telephone in your home, your first landline as we call it. Maybe, maybe you had one of these, uh, a can, what they called it, a candlestick phone. Maybe, maybe you had one of these. They, they call it, that's, I call it the Andy Griffith phone, right? You know, hey, Sarah, you know, and, and, they, and they had it, they had operators that, that worked a physical switchboard to connect all these lines and they would plug them in and they had like these things called a party line. So you could like, you could pick up the phone sometimes and you could hear like other people's conversations, I know it's crazy. No, I know, and nobody ever, you know, just went and picked it up just to listen to other people. Nobody ever did that, right? But, but I don't know. I, I won't have anybody raise your hand. But maybe you're old enough to remember. Maybe you've seen, uh, you know, one of these one of these old timey phones. But then in the like the the '60s and the '70s, we upgraded to this thing called the the rotary phone. And, and then, and so now, like, it took like, it took like two hours to call somebody. I'm serious. Because you would have to, especially if they had a lot of eights and nines in their phone number, you know, because you'd have to like ring that, you'd have to like dial it all the way around. And it took forever for that thing to go back around. I mean, it was like a half an hour just to make a phone call. Right? So how many of you remember the old rotary phone? Come on, there we go. Yeah, lot, lots of folks, you remember the rotary phone. But then we got an upgrade. It was, it was kind of the same, same shape, but then we got, we got a lot faster because now we got kind of the same thing, but we got the push button phone. Come on. Y'all remember that? When we went to the good old push button phone. Yeah, now we could make those calls fast. It kind of worked the same way. Now, now, back, now, back in the day, this is, again, this is how it worked you could only call like locally. Like you could only call people like in your local area. And if you wanted to call people outside of that, outside of the local area, it was called long distance. That meant like the next county, right? Long distance. And if you called somebody long distance, you had to pay extra. It was not included in your normal plan. I know this is mind-blowing, like, to young people. Like, y'all were crazy. Like, you, really, it worked this way? Yes. I'm not lying in church. It was, as long as you had to pay extra for that. And so we had, you know, the push-button phone, and then everything changed because then we cut the cord. Come on, somebody. We got the good old cordless 
phone. You know, some of y'all remember that. Remember it had the metal antenna that you pulled up? Remember that? And like you walked outside to see like how far, you know, like away, maybe in the yard, like you could talk to somebody before you got out of range. And here's what was cool. Like if you talked to somebody and you got mad at them, what'd you do? You did the antenna slam, didn't you? Like, you know, you, you, it's kind of the equivalent of like when you got that slide out keyboard and you would slam it in. That was our generation's version of that. And so we cut the cord and now we had this cordless phone and, and then, then in, the, in the 50 years ago, but it took a little while to get here, then came slowly the cell phone. Now, how many of you would be honest and say you had one of those, those early cell phones, you, you had one of those bricks? Or maybe you had, I, come on, I had a bag phone. It's okay, no shame. Who had a bag phone in here? Come on, I see you, I see you. Come on, we had the back phone. I mean, it weighed like 80 pounds, took up half the car. Like, it was crazy. But man, that thing was so cool to be able to drive around and like call people like from anywhere. And, and, then, and then maybe some of you, you know, we, it, it got better and it got faster and you had, you had maybe one of those Nokias. Remember those? Those things were tanks. I mean, you could hammer nails with that phone. I mean, it was literally indestructible. Or maybe you had, you know, one of these cell phones here. You know, I put a few of them up there. Maybe you had, you know, one of the, the, the Nokia or you had, come on, who had a Blackberry, y'all? Come on, come on. <laughs> Wasn't that awesome? Now we got email and we got phone and I mean, we could, we could start to get on the internet. Maybe you had a, come on, who's still got a razor? Where are you at? Come on. I saw you. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. But it's come a long way, isn't it? It's come a long way. Technology has changed. And now, now this thing is, it's a mini pocket computer, isn't it? I mean, it accesses everything almost in the world in just, Split second, real time. And what used to take up an entire floor of an office building, the computing power, is now right here. Now, I've often thought it's ironic that there's an apple if you have this brand with a bite out of it. It's kind of interesting, isn't it? But it's still... We don't call it a computer, do we? What do we call it? We call it a, you call it your phone. And here's the thing about it. Here's the thing about this phone. I wanna ask you a question today. Do you know anybody, seriously, do you know anybody right now that does not have a phone? Uh, honestly, I mean, I mean, I don't care. You, 90 year old granny got a phone, right? Everybody has a phone. And it's so interesting, I think, that now everybody has a phone because this is not anything new. You have a built-in phone. When you were born, you were born with a phone built in. It's called your spirit. God is a spirit. And that's how God talks to you. That's how God will call you. And the reason you have a built-in phone is because everybody in life, you're going to get some calls. Matter of fact, you're going to get more than one. I wanna talk to you for the next just few minutes about 
some calls you're going to get in life. You're going to get two for sure, depending on whether you answer the first one will determine if you get the second one. But the first call that you're going to get in life from God is what I would call the call to life. The call to life. Now, I'm not talking about being born physically. I'm talking about being born again, becoming spiritually alive. This is the call that God puts, I believe, on everybody. Ephesians 2 says, without God, that we are dead in our sins. 1 Timothy chapter 6, he told his protege, Paul told his protege, Timothy, he said, take hold of the eternal life to which you were called. Take hold of it. He's saying, answer that call. Take hold of eternal life to which you were called when you made that good profession in the presence of many witnesses. That's the first call you'll receive, the call to be free, to be free from the power of sin, to be free from death, hell, in the grave. And you may be here today, maybe you've answered that call, maybe you're like me, you're here today, and maybe God is calling you like the prodigal son to come back home, to come back to life, to come back to where you know you belong, to come back and live the life that God has for you. Maybe that phone is ringing right now for some of you. And that's why I believe you're here today. Well, Jeff, how do you know that everybody gets this call? How can you be sure of that? Well, it's one of the most, probably the one, of mo one of the most famous Bible verses in our whole Bible. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that, would you all say that word with me, that whoever. You know who whoever is or whosoever is? It's you. You're a whosoever, you're a whoever, you're a whoever, you're a whoever. It's anyone, anyone that will answer the call, that will believe. He said, you'll not perish, but you'll have eternal life. And Jesus told us this. He said, guess what, guys? He told his disciples, and he's telling us, and it's all throughout the end of the New Testament. He said, I'm coming back. Jesus said he's coming back. Do y'all believe that today? You believe Jesus is coming back? Can I get an amen this morning? I believe he's coming back, and he doesn't want anybody to perish. And in 2 Peter 3, 9, it said, the Lord is not slow in keeping this promise. As some look at and understand slowness, instead, it said, he's patient with you. Who's glad today Jesus is patient with you? Come on. Oh, thank you, Jesus, that you're patient with us. He said, but instead, he's patient with you. Why? Because he doesn't want anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. You know what that means? If God doesn't want anybody to perish, that means that everybody is gonna get this call. I don't know how he's gonna do it. God, in his infinite wisdom, all around the world, throughout all time, if he doesn't want anybody to perish, he has to make sure that everybody gets this call to come him to come to life and if you answer this call there's another one coming that's the good news the the answer is come on and let before I just even go to this next point I know we already did it once but what about the 23 people that answered the call that got baptized last Sunday here how about can we just celebrate and thank God for that if you answer that call though there's another one coming there's the call to life and then there's the call to action. 
the call to action. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness and all these other things or everything you need will be added to you. Think about your Bible. In the New Testament, you have the four gospels. Come on, Bible scholars, where y'all at? And then the book of, the book of Acts. What does that even tell us? Once you hear the gospel, once you believe the gospel, once the gospel has been shared, it's go time. It's time for action. It's time to get to work. Even the Bible, the, the, the way the Bible is put together, it even tells us that. Look at what James said in chapter two of James. He said, what good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? James is saying, if you see somebody in need, if you see someone who's hungry and cold and you say, go on, have a good day, I, I'm gonna pray for you. I hope you get some food and, and some warmth. God bless you. Say, no, that doesn't work. That doesn't help that person in that moment. What good does it do, he says. He said, so you see, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds, he calls it dead, and he calls it useless. So, you see, even Abraham, even our father, even the father of the Jewish nation, even the father of our faith, even Abraham showed his faith by his actions. And you and I, we show our faith by our actions. They work together, the Bible says, to make our faith complete and we're shown to be right with God by what we do, not just by faith alone. Well, Jeff, aren't, aren't we saved by, by faith alone? Do we, are you saying that we actually have to earn our faith, that we have to work for our faith, that we, that we have to earn our salvation and work for it? Absolutely not. We are saved by faith alone, in Jesus alone. So let me say it to you like this. We don't work for our salvation, we work from our salvation, amen? We have something inside of us so incredible, so powerful. You are the light of the world, Jesus said. You are the salt of the earth. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. See, when I was younger, I know this is wild, but we didn't always have like what we call caller ID. Like when I was a kid growing up, like we didn't get a lot of calls. And when the phone rang, it was kind of an event. Like it was kind of like, oh, somebody's calling. And like you wanted to answer the phone. Now we get so many calls, we're like, come on. But, but you didn't know, early on, you didn't know who was calling. You had to answer every call. You didn't really, unless you just wanted to let it ring, you really didn't have the option. You didn't know, more importantly, who was calling you. But occasionally, you would have the opportunity to make a choice. So you would answer the phone, and you would hear the operator come on, and the operator would say this, someone is calling you 
on a collect call. And they would like to reverse the charges. Will you accept the charges? See, this was somebody calling you from outside your local area. They didn't wanna pay for it or couldn't for whatever reason. And if you wanted to talk to them, you had to pay for it. You had to accept the charges. Can I tell you something today? God always calls collect. When God calls you, it'll be a collect call. Jeff, what are you saying? Because what I'm saying is this to you today. There is a cost to following Jesus. There is a cost to doing what he called you to do. There is a cost to serving. There is a cost to giving. Anything you do, it will cost you. It will cost you your sin. It will cost you your shame. It'll cost you your greed. It'll cost you your pain. It'll cost you a lot of stuff. But make no doubt, there is a cost. And when God calls collect, this is why Jesus said many are called, but few are chosen. Jeff, what was he saying? What was he saying? He was saying that everybody's invited, but not many are willing to accept the charges. Not many are willing to pay the price. Not many are willing to, to do what is required. But the Bible tells us we're supposed to live holy lives, aren't we? We're supposed, to, we're supposed to live holy, and you know what that means? That means live like Jesus. So what did Jesus come to do? Jesus came to serve, not be served. And there is a cost to serving. There's a cost. We're called to be like him. 1 Peter 4.10 says, God has given each of you, every one of you, a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. He said, use them well to serve one another. Did you know that in the New Testament alone, over 50 times, you find that phrase, one another, love one another, serve one another, be patient with one another, be kind with one another. Over 50 times, the question for us today is, what are you gonna do with that? How are you gonna reconcile all those commands, those one another's? Can I ask you a question today? What's your gift? What are you good at? What do you have a passion for? What are you interested in? Who are you interested in? What gift has God given you? Can I ask you a follow-up question? Why aren't you using it? Why aren't you answering the call? Why aren't you putting it to use for the kingdom of God to, to serve others and to, to do what God has gifted you to do? You know, we are called to serve. We're called to sacrifice. We're called even to suffer for others. But you know why you need to answer this call? The call is for others, but you know who else it's for? Jeff, what are you saying today? I'm saying that your call will serve others, but it will develop you. It will develop you. Your calling will develop 
your character. You see, when you're successful in life, success just reveals your character. Adversity builds character. And that's why God's gonna allow us to go through things. Even, even if we're following Jesus, we're still gonna go through hard times. Jesus made us another promise. He said, in this life, you will have trouble. Aren't you glad you came to church today? <laughs> but he didn't stop there, did he? He said, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. And if he overcame and he's in us, then you can too. But it's not just for us. It's not just for the world. It's to develop us. Philippians 1.6 says, I'm sure of this very thing. Paul said, I'm sure of this, that the one who began a good work in you, he will perfect it until the day of Jesus Christ. God is working in you as he works through you. And some of you are missing out. How many of you have ever gone like maybe on a mission trip or maybe you went down and did some relief work or maybe you're just serving kids or maybe you served somewhere and you just, you know, you thought you were gonna be a blessing to them and they turned out to be a blessing to you, amen? They just, they, they blessed you. You don't know how much difference maybe you made in that situation, but you know that you sure got a blessing out of it. That's what Paul is talking about, that God is working something in you. And listen to me, church, before I move on, God will always give you the power to do what the call requires. Come on, somebody, can I get a better amen this morning? God will provide the power to do what it requires. See, I grew up in Sassafras, Kentucky, and I grew up poor, y'all. Like, I, I couldn't even afford the, the OR on, on poor. I was so poor, we grew up, just dirt poor, like we, we ate bag cereal. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Like not even, there wasn't no box. I, I couldn't even, I didn't have no Air Jordans. I had Sky Johnsons. Like we, I mean, I, I could have had families in Haiti sponsoring me, right? I mean, we, would, we was poor, y'all. And my mom was a beautician and she had her little beauty shop at our house. I was raised by just a single mom and one winter, we had this really bad winter. It snowed a lot, and the snow meant her customers couldn't drive to the beauty shop, and no work meant no money, and she, we had this big submarine in our backyard. Y'all remember that? It was called a propane tank, and no work, no money meant no gas, and no gas meant no heat. And I remember she went out there. She got saved. I got saved when I was nine years old, but about four years later, my mama got saved. And I remember, I'll never forget. Sorry. I'll never forget her standing at the kitchen on a Sunday night and telling me that she gave her life to Jesus. I'll never forget that. And God put faith in her, and we had some tough times even though we were serving the Lord. And that winter, we were almost out of gas, and we didn't have any money, and we were almost out of heat. And you know what my mom did? My mom went out there, and she took vegetable oil, and she, put, and she anointed that, that propane tank, and she laid hands on that propane tank, and she said, God, you know I don't have the money. She said, God, you know we don't have the gas. How are we going to heat our home? I don't know how you're going to do it, Lord, but I'm trusting you to provide. 
And can I tell you the needle on that thing didn't move for three and a half weeks. Come on, somebody. It didn't. I don't know how. But it never moved. And she could have complained. She could have said, Lord, I'm serving you. I'm doing my best. Lord, why am I suffering? But no, what did she do? She put it in God's hands. And Romans 8, 28 began to work in her life. And Romans 8, 28 says this, we know. Come on, somebody say, we know. We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. What I'm saying to you today is accept the call. Answer it. Accept the responsibility. Accept the charges. It'll be worth it. God will develop your calling if you will discover it, and God will use it to develop you. Amen? Here's the last one. There's a call you're gonna get to come alive spiritually, to live the life God has called you to call, that he's called you to live. Number two is the call to action. But number three is one day you're gonna get a call. It's gonna be the call home, to come home. To come to where you're going to spend eternity. Back in July, I was supposed to preach down in, in Hazard, and my mother-in-law was driving down from Lexington, Kentucky. She's been part of my life for 25 years. Just an incredible, incredible woman. She served in her church. She volunteered. She, she, she maintained two properties. I mean, she was always on the go. No health problems. She still like worked out. I mean, she was amazing an amazing blessing in our life. She was driving down the interstate, coming to stay at our house to watch our dogs while I was supposed to go and preach. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, she said her legs started hurting. She started feeling funny. She pulled over on the side of the interstate and she called 911 and she called her sister and she talked to her. She was talking to her as the paramedics showed up and as they just arrived, she lost consciousness. And she never regained consciousness. I believe she had a blood clot in her leg that went to her heart. She had a cardiac arrest. And she went home that day to be with the Lord. It hurts to lose somebody close to you. No doubt. But it hits different when it's sudden, doesn't it? If you've ever lost anybody, suddenly you know there's no time to prepare. There's, there's no time to make plans. What are we gonna do? Just there you are. The first call, you don't have to answer. If you don't answer the first one, you probably won't get the second one. But this call to come home, you don't have a choice. God determines it. God decides. And we don't have to understand everything. Mark my word, 
you will get this call someday. And it might come when you're 22 and it might come when you're 92. I don't know. But my job is to make sure today that you know it's coming and that you're prepared for where you're gonna spend eternity. And however you know, life is short. Come on. It goes by so fast. And the only regret that any Christian ever has is that they didn't start following Jesus one day sooner. Come on. Amen. I want you to be prepared for that call. I want to close today with this verse. Jesus said, don't let your heart be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. There's more than enough room in my father's home. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? And when everything is ready, I'm going to come and get you so that you'll always be with me where I am. I want to ask you this question as I close today. The very first question God ever asked man in the Bible, I'm going to ask you right now, and that's this. Where are you? Where are you? Where are you in your relationship with God? Where are you? Holy Spirit is here right now. Your phone's been ringing, and you know it. And God is loving you today, and he is wrapping his arms around you. And I wanna invite you right now to answer that call. God's been dealing with some of you, I know. I've been praying, I know he has. Today's your day. Would you bow your heads with me, please? Every eye closed, every head bowed. Right now, I just want to ask you that question. Where are you? If you've never answered the call to come to life, or maybe you've gotten away from God and you feel distant from Him, He's never left you. He's calling you to come back home. Start serving Him. Some of you need to answer the call. Start using your gifts. God's been dealing with you to step into your calling. Right now, all you have to do is just trust him. Just maybe repeat these words after me. I'm not gonna point you out, have you stand up or come down front. Just say, Jesus, thank you for paying for my sin, for dying for me on the cross. I believe in you and I give you my life. I trust you. Forgive me come into my heart fill me with your spirit fill me with your love and help me live your very best the rest of my life in Jesus name and everybody said amen come on can we celebrate today God bless you all thank you for having me today